Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives. But those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, I'm Scott Soshnick. And I'm Evan Novi williams And this is the Happy New Year Sports Business Podcast, The Sportacast. Yeah, Mr. Novi Williams, Happy New Year. You were up in New England. I was up in Boston visiting uh, friends Julie and Katie. Had a, had a blast up there. How was your New Year? It, it was good. Like I, As I told you, it was just nice to have a couple of days where the Slack and the text and the email was in beep, beep, or whatever that Slack noise is. You know, I can't, I'm yeah. having trouble you know, doing the Slack <laughs> noise. But uh, yeah, just to have a couple of days where there was some of it, but not, not whole, you know, full throttle, but we, which was certainly nice. Uh, hung out, of course, with the... Uh, the focus group of one. He dragged me outside, even in bad weather, to to do some <laughs> stuff. We 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 had no hockey for a week, which was absolutely that must fantastic. Have felt really good, yeah. Oh, it was so nice <laughs> and not, not driving. But we kick it up again. Uh, you know, this evening practice begins once again. So back back on the road. We've got three games this coming weekend, and back into I guess what we have like an eight to nine week stretch finish with it. With by the way. A uh, a tournament in Florida to boot in February. Oh, that's nice and close. Oh, oh <laughs> God, God, I, I understand it's travel hockey, but there's you know I didn't realize the emphasis was on the travel part of that. Well, I wish I could say the uh, the the quiet Slack messages were going to be uh, consistent, but I, I assume you feel like me. I've, I've I have a feeling we're in for a very busy January and February yes. in the sports business world. And not just because there are 57,000 teams on the market, right? <laughs> exactly. And it's funny, though, I will tell you, um, and I won't mention the name, but a prominent person in sports business called me and I was like, oh, hey, maybe this person, you know, let's see what we got here, whatever. And But no, searching for information because said, hey, you were talking about one of the team sales rather cryptically on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is, oh, I just wanted to pick your brain as to see exactly what was going on and Yes, we do that quite often. You know, there's so many things we hear, and I think we're a little different. And I think that it's great that people can trust what we say and do trust what we say, because we don't just throw stuff up against the wall and see what sticks. You know, we we, we tirelessly vet what we hear, and we hear a lot. 
uh, and not everything that we can share, but we can talk in vague terms on the pod about some of the things we're hearing about these these franchises and the sales and who's involved and and how much they're bidding and um, so it was it was just sort of fun to have that conversation again. You know, it was it was almost like uh, the 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 day before getting back to school, little little practice conversation. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, and we'll rev it up again, and uh, you and I absolutely will be very busy, in, not only with. Uh, sort of team sales and, and those things. But we have a pretty robust, if I may, live event calendar again mm. in Q1 of 2023, including our tentpole uh, event at South by Southwest. So looking forward to the support track there. Uh, yeah, no slowing down, my man. It, it is full throttle. Let's go. Absolutely. And we can get into, we didn't, I, I don't know, I didn't write anything down. I don't think you yeah, did either, no, but we no, can talk about. I didn't write anything down either. This is sort some, of our, let's fly by the seat of our microphones. Yeah. And we can, I mean, maybe the best way to start is thinking about, in, in my mind, some things that were, were big in 2022, I think are going to continue to be even bigger in 2023. The first thing that jumps to my mind, Scott, is the presence of, of Middle Eastern money in global sports. Not a, a new thing in 2022, but hit new levels in 2022, the Qatar World Cup, PIF, the Saudi-backed Sovereign Wealth Fund, buying Newcastle in the Premier League, backing Live Golf, Ronaldo going to play for, for a Saudi team, Saudi Arabia looking at maybe trying to bid for for, for the next World Cup in, in 2030. I think there's a chance that we will, in, in a few years, look back at 2022 as, and, and, and there's obviously a lot of controversy around a lot of these things, but as as the year in which the 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 absolute the, the, the money in the Middle East, particularly in, in in sovereign wealth funds in Saudi Arabia and Qatar and UAE, the, the the year in which that became in some ways mainstream across a lot of these global sports. Well, I, yes, I agree with you, and I also don't want to overlook the fact that sports it will emerge as a sort of this asset class. Yep. For and I don't know if we'll ever get to sort of where you know you know you and I can invest in a team and you know. Well, Ted Leonsis has predicted that a bunch of teams will go public. Yeah, we can get into that also in, in 2023, <laughs> right? Taking them back by that. You know, I'm trying to think if I'm, I mean, obviously it would be uh, prohibited by our internal rules. We could not hold stakes uh, <laughs> unless they become part of um, mutual funds. You know, that, yeah. hey, who knows, right? Yeah. But in the year that 2022 was, you look at the S&P down 20 plus percent. You're looking for safe haven. Sure as heck was in crypto, right? So glad, glad I got out of my Ethereum when I did, and you've been tracking me, watching me that, with that investment the entire time. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I think with these teams, perhaps if, if Ted is right, teams as publicly traded entities, and um, if I was investing in a team or league, where would I go first? Let's just say that, I mean, we can have some fun. Let's say there were teams in every league that became publicly traded Entities, where would you look? I mean, obviously, we have some team tracking stock. You know, you have the Packers somewhat. Sure. You, ha- you have Madison Square Garden sports for the Knicks and Rangers. So the- there are places, you know, we-, we have seen this. But where would you put your money, Novi Williams? You know, if we're looking strictly at an asset class and if you're looking for appreciation, clearly Matt Ishbia likes the NBA because he, you know, he bid about 700, 800 million <laughs> clear of the next person. Yeah. And again, we've talked about when, when heart is involved and, uh, and not just head. So we we know it didn't sort of pencil out. If Kurt Bodenhausen tells me that the Suns are worth $3 billion, the Suns are worth $3 billion, the Suns and their related entities. But do I think, how old is Matt? Like 42 years old? Young, yeah. Right? Yeah, he's you know, the youngest owner now. So if Matt is saying, I'm going to hold this thing for the next 20, 30 years and it's going to be part of my family, do I think he'll look back 20 years from now and say, damn, I'm, I'm so unhappy I overpaid by $700 million? Heck no. He'll get great return on that investment. So 
that's part of his thinking as well. If he was 89 years old, maybe it's a different ballgame. 100%. I, I agree with that. I, I think to answer your question, if uh, if I'm just looking at the the pure dollars, it's it's obviously the NFL I, <laughs> buying into that club. It's it's not easy. It's rare. It costs a lot of money. That's and, like buying Berkshire Hathaway. Business, you know, yeah, you know, it's safe. <laughs> it's very stable. It's 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 going up. Uh, the there's ways to look. I think at the past twelve months as also as a further solidifying in some ways of the NFL's business and and its success with its with its media deals and success with with, with a number of other commercial deals its success in uh popularity on television which does not seem to be waning and in some ways you can look at maybe even increasing uh, a, a big year for the NFL if you're asking me Scott about percentage increases the NFL certainly feels like it is the NHL ripe for some kind of big Jump! I, I love the league and and the sport. But how does know, the NHL break? Let do. me ask you this. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Uh, as as you know, a, a fan of hockey, and I know you are. Yep. How does the NHL and of course Gary Bettman should be paying us lots of money for this sort of analysis right here. <laughs> but how does the NHL break through to the casual sports fan? You and I agree, it's the best game to go see live. Yep. That we agree there. Okay, great. But we also know that. The uh, the bulk of the revenue will come from media, and that's obviously for now television and and assorted other uh, media streams. So, how do you get, let's say, a tenth of the NFL audience to say I'm going to regularly tune in and watch the National Hockey League? How do you do that? I think a big step forward is working with ESPN, which they're doing now in year two for, for the first time in, in in a couple decades. I think the and, and I think you would also agree with me on this. The the product is way better than it has been in a long time. There are a number of I I would argue bankable, really talented generational NHL stars that are still young in the league, and and to me that is the avenue. But when is, I all right, so you're saying when I see McDavid go end to end, or I see Austin Matthews. Uh, where do you stand on going going to bigger ice, Olympic size ice, and giving these guys even more room and let the guys who can really skate show off what they can do? I'm on I'm on board with that. I don't okay. know enough about exactly what that looks like. I think the the three on three overtime for regular season I think oh, is great. Fantastic. I think the way the 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 postseason gets rid of that three on three overtime I also think is is really great. After all the the ink was spilled and the debate over how how silly it was for that World Cup final to end in a end in a shootout. The NHL, I think, has actually also solved that problem in a, in, a, in a really elegant way. I think the, the the playoff product is amazing. In my opinion, the NF, NHL's challenge is just getting people to try it. Either going to a game live, which, as you said, is really great. Or, give, out, give out free or, tickets or, if you've never gone. Give, give out, out free, free tickets. tickets. Um, just finding just finding a way to get people to tune into an, a, a Stanley Cup playoff game. Uh, I think is is, is the yes. First but step. how do you overcome that? And this is still a problem. It really, you know, obviously, I grew up. I played the game. I watched the game. I understand the person that says to me, even in high definition, sixty inch, whatever, I can't see the puck. I can't follow the puck. You've, there's got to be a solution to help the viewer understand <laughs> and be able to watch this game on TV? Yeah, no, it's a good, it's a good question. And I, I, mean, I don't have all the answers for those things. But yeah, to, to me, in my mind, if I was thinking about where valuations are right now and where I think they could be in a decade, I do think that there is potentially a lot of value in, in the NHL. And, and we're seeing it 
play out in, in a micro way with, with the Ottawa Senator, Scott. We, we've mentioned it on the podcast a number of times. There's a lot of interest in that, and I understand that that is a, a hockey team in Canada, in Canada's capital. There's a lot of things that make that different than maybe a number of other uh, other NHL teams that, that, that could hit the market or may hit the market. But um, yeah, to, to me, if I'm thinking just in a percentage standpoint, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really intrigued by by the NHL and, and, and what they're building. You know what I was really anxious to see? I mean, I knew what was going to happen, but I did not know to what extent. And I was really interested to see what the numbers were going to be in this council over holiday was the NFL encringing on Christmas, mm, yep. which had typically been uh, terra firma for the NBA. That was sort of the unofficial start of the NBA season. They had you know big games from... Uh, noon all the way through the night. You had your big cities, your big stars, your big teams. You had it all if you were the NBA. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> the NFL says, you know, we're going to try some of this Christmas stuff too. You know, we, people are interested in our product. People are home as, as they are on Thanksgiving. They already own Thanksgiving. But people are home on, on Christmas and maybe they'd like to watch some football. Did you happen to get a peek at those numbers, Novi Williams? I saw them. Yeah, they were, they were big. 20 million to like four. For the NBA. Yeesh. I have a feeling that I don't know what it is, but I have a feeling that Adam Silver knows when the next time Christmas is on a Sunday. Whether that's five <laughs> years, seven years, eight years, whatever it is. Do you think it would matter? I know it's appointment viewing on Sundays, but do you think it would matter? People are home on Christmas. Yeah. If in the future, would the, does the NFL just want to take it over? I, I don't know. It's a good question. It, 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 the, the, the league scheduling is obviously a bit more rigid than, than any other leagues is in terms of when they play the games and how much travel you need and how much rest you need and all that. Um, so I, I don't know if, if, if next year, if, if Christmas is on a Monday, if the NFL would like to stack Monday in addition to, to playing on Sundays, I, I don't know the answer to that. Um, but I, I, yeah, it's, it, it did put in stark relief how, which I was mentioning before, just how gigantic the NFL's business is, even relative to a league like the NBA, where valuations are soaring. Matt Ishbia is buying the Suns for a price higher than every other NFL team has sold for outside of the Denver Broncos. Um, yeah, there's a, there, there's still a huge gap from a from a commercial TV interest at the, at the very least. And we're, uh, big stories of 2023, Scott. While we're on the topic, the NBA's media deals are going to be a fascinating look at where that league is. They're going to go up. We all know and accept that, how much they go up, uh, who, who ends up paying for them, where they end up. Uh, there's a lot of really intriguing things around the NBA's next round of media deals because unlike the NFL, I think the NBA has been willing to try and do different things, selling the final five minutes of games, trying to figure out other ways to structure their deals more so than the NFL in terms of uh, of new new types of packages. I'm really interested to see what the NBA comes up with and and who ends up at the table when it's all said and done. Do we believe um, David Zaslav? Well, you know, we don't really need it. I mean, it was Bob Chapek <laughs> who kind of said the same thing. So now, you know, of course, we're, we're, we're now back um, to Bob Iger, you know, friend of Adam Silver, uh, ties to the NBA. That, that bodes well for the NBA. And by the way, as MLS ballyhooed its younger tech-savvy audience, the NBA can, can herald that as well. So uh, whether it's Apple or Amazon uh, involved in bidding there, uh, I think you're certain to see at least a significant portion of the new package go to a streamer and uh, the NBA and its, and its forward-thinking owners are probably very happy to be in that, in that territory. I, I don't believe Turner or ESPN that they don't feel like the NFL is a must-have, but I also would NBA, be shocked. NBA. NBA. I, I would also be shocked if the NBA's new deals look exactly like the current ones. 
which which is just ESPN and Turner. I, I would be shocked if that ended up. So I, I do believe that both those companies would be very interested, and I would I would expect both of them to retain some sort of relationship with the league. But I also believe that again, there's going to be more people at the table, more ways to offer up and and give value and get money from a company like an Amazon or an Apple or a Google, which kind of came out of nowhere, sure. in, in my opinion, at the end of the year to, 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 to nab a really big package from the NFL. I think there's just going to be more, the NBA is going to be doing some interesting things way more so than they're doing right now. Uh, again, I look at my, my focus group of one and boy, he's got all his alerts. He's got his Snapchat and I, I've told you he watches almost all of his content. It's, it's either TikTok which I, it pains me to say, or YouTube. Like he yeah. just when he he does when he turns on the TV, he just goes right to YouTube and looks for you know a la carte whether it's Family Guy or other whatever he wants to watch. He goes to YouTube and he finds it there. Um, that's that's where the kids are, and I'm curious to see how the leagues uh, and, and the traditional broadcasters sort of adapt to to fish where the fish are. It's it's not the easiest thing in the world to to get them where they are and. Um, I'm anxious to see what what comes of it all. Another thing on my radar for this year, Scott, uh, the the way the sports betting, U.S. legal sports betting industry changed over the past 12 months. A lot of of of, of goal expectation changes. A number of what I would call maybe second or third tier operators, just from a size perspective, deciding to get out of the game. Fubo Sportsbook and and, and Maxim Bet. I think we're going to see more of that in 2023. I think there's going to be more either consolidation or companies that are that are operating right now. There's there's 20 plus, maybe 30 plus, maybe even more sports books in, in New Jersey right now operating. I think we're going to see a lot of, of, of companies on the smaller side just give up the idea that this is going to be a profitable business venture for them. And I, I do wonder about the, the bigger publicly traded companies, whether that's DraftKings here in the U.S., whether that's Flutter, which owns FanDuel, which publicly trades in, in Australia or in, in London, if it's PointsBet, which publicly trades in Australia. I, I think there's going to be yeah, con- continued change of, of expectation and goal setting in the sports betting world as investors, as companies kind of face the realities of, of what this industry is and what it is not, at least in the immediacy. Was there a miscalculation, sort of whether the, the customer acquisition cost, the margins involved, where was the miscalculation? If, or was it just the, the acquisition cost of sort of the data? We all know that the, the teams and the owners were like, oh, this is going to be the next great revenue stream. Let's get as much as we can as fast as we can. I think it's, it's kind of all of those all things. Of I think yeah. there, there was a lot of miscalculation by, uh, by lobbyists and by politicians about what tax revenue was going to look like in a lot of states. There was, I, I do think, a misunderstanding for, from a lot of companies about what customer acquisition costs would be and not only what they would be, but how long that tale would last. Did the about, UK not provide the roadmap? Uh, did they not look in the right place? Or, I mean, I is, is, it, <laughs> is that too simplistic to say if you just look at the UK, like we're going to be 10 years behind them? I, I do think it's a bit simplistic. I think one of the things that a lot of companies are seeing is that the stickiness of their product is very minimal and that a lot of US bettors are bouncing around. And That's what they, I said. They, There'd be no brand loyalty. That's, yeah, I there's said very that. little brand, which means that your customer acquisition costs are kind of constant in a way. That instead of I just need to get Scott on my platform and now right. I have Scott on my platform, Scott's you know ran out of his money on Fanduel and decided he'd <laughs> Scott ran out he, quickly. <laughs> yeah, he he would open a, a DraftKings account and get the get the deposit bonus for that, and that ran out, and now he's trying BetMGM. I think there's a lot more of that happening, um, and and I think the other thing to, to to your point, which you mentioned, I think that just the structure of this industry, the the way in which 
everybody wants a, a cut of it, right? From from leagues to data providers, there's just a lot of a, a lot of slices of the pie that get get cut up and distributed. And the end result is that this is already a a, a low margin, difficult business, and it's going to be increasingly difficult the way that the U.S. market has developed, which is different than the U.K., right? The, 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 there's not as much exclusive data operation deals in, in the U.K., for example, as, as there are in the U.S. So the, the fact that there's more slices of the pie that get divvied up in the U.S., I also think means that the, the business that has, that, that has grown in the U.K., you just have to have different expectations for what that looks like here in the U.S. All right. Tangent alert, whatever our sound is for that, Matt Whitehurst. Get those trumpets. <laughs> Make way for a Sportico Tangent. The entire time you you said Caesars, you know, you're going through and you just said Caesars. Do you know what goes through my mind? I have salad. I no, know. well, actually, I have one of those waiting. As a matter of fact, I, I had boiled the eggs this morning. Thank you very much. Uh, no, but I, it's the commercials with Vince Vaughn and the Mannings. Okay. And then I make the jump when I say Vince Vaughn, because in the office before the holiday, you mentioned the breakup with Jennifer Aniston yeah. and Vince Vaughn. You know, sure. On the kick drum. On, on the, the kick, kick drum. drum. Classic. All-timer. So that is what is bouncing around my head. As you're, <laughs> I'm, I'm really tr- I'm doing my best to, to focus on what you're saying so that I can have an appropriate response. Your head is just nodding. <laughs> and, and, and it's just on the kick drum, on the kick drum. That's all. I, that's all I, every fiber of my being was fighting it, but it didn't work. Yeah. One I'm other, sorry. one, <laughs> one I'm sorry other, attention to you. One other, going back to the, the the all these teams that are for sale. Another thing I'm I'm eager to see in the beginning of this year. It, it feels as though we are maybe in getting ready for a real buyer's market when it comes to these these franchises. And I say that knowing that Matt Ishbia just agreed to pay four billion dollars. Yeah, not when for, not when the Commanders for, are going for, for seven. Sons. Not when the Ottawa Senators are going to probably you know scratch or maybe even exceed a billion. So on a list of, if there was a list of things I'm curious about at the beginning of this year, I'm really curious about whether we, all these teams end up getting numbers like what the Suns did. And I mean that by significantly more than, than, than where I think rational people would value these franchises. Or if we do start to see in some capacity, the, the, the fact that there is this much available and the fact that there's this much kind of glut in valuations, if we do see that come back to earth, a little bit. And I think one of the ways that could happen, we could see that, Scott, is not by a team selling at a lower number, but by someone who is looking to sell a team pulling it off the market. That I feels think we, like the yeah. more likely result to me. And if and if I may, I, I would look at Major League Baseball because it has two teams on the market right now. The and they've been on for a while. Yeah. yeah, they've been on for a while. And who knows if Ted Leonsis is going to want to pay what Mr. Lerner is, is seeking. And they're obviously, you know, they're friends. Um, my guess is no. And but you do have things involved. There are ancillary properties involved that complicate sales. And of course, it's the Masson dispute with the Nationals. And yep. you know, until if that's not satisfactorily solved to both parties, you know that that's you know a big bump in the road there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you look at the LA Angels, the fact remains that that's a tough town. Like you got to how do you differentiate yourself in a in a town when you've got a lot, you know, you've got the Rams uh, in, in the NFL and you've got the Chargers there. You've got the Dodgers who are you know, probably the kings of baseball around there. You've just got a lot of uh, a lot of competition for the entertainment dollar. And I, I think the, the plus side on the Angels is what maybe a new stadium opportunity, a real estate opportunity in if, Southern if you California. Can figure it out, yeah. Yeah. Much like Steve Ballmer is doing with the new arena for the Clippers. So, you know, if you can figure it out, there's a, there is a real estate opportunity, but Again, if your acquisition cost of the team is, uh, I think Kurt had him at two three, so let, let's call it two and a half billion dollars. Do I think we're going to see three plus? No, 
I, I don't. I just don't think the demand is there for that sport and that team right now. I think Manchester United is is another club I would put in this category of, of do they sell in the next 12 months? I don't know. But I think that if the if the market is a little soft, I think they don't. So, yeah, I think there's a, there's a number of teams and you just mentioned two of them and Manchester United and maybe even some others that we, that we talk about pretty consistently on the show. I would not be shocked to see if the end result in the next few months is we tested the market. We talked to a lot of people. Maybe the numbers weren't exactly what we were hoping, and we're going to hold on to this team at least for now. So we're taking an investment of ten percent. Uh, you know, we'll sell it off ten percent uh, to and, a private uh, equity fund. Yeah, private <laughs> equity fund, or you know, somebody who uh, you know the path to control in ten years. Who who knows? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. The the EPL scares the bejesus out of me in terms of just competing with endless pools of capital. You yeah. know, wh- whether you know whether it's the Saudis um, and Newcastle. Just until I see some sort of you know concrete rules of spending and uh, ironclads and nobody can can get around them until I see that. Uh, if I know that there are entities interested in being my competitor that don't care about P and L statements, they just care about status symbols and trophy assets and and, and winning. Ooh, you know, I I just I don't know. <laughs> that that would scare the bejesus out of me if the price point for entry is astronomical. We are uh, about a month, a little bit less, since the end of the World Cup, Scott. A, a an event that has been held up by a lot of people who are invested in soccer as a, a pretty important moment for soccer in the U.S. Major League Soccer is expanding. Talking to Women's Las World Vegas, Cup this year, talking to San Diego, Women's World, Cup. Women's World Cup. What do you expect for soccer in the U.S. in the next uh, in the next twelve months? Uh, I know we've been hearing this for a long time. But I again, I look at the outside investors. Who is going to put capital into the sport and why? And I'm a big believer that coming off of this World Cup, the fact that it's coming to North America, largely in the U.S., you will see significant investment by corporations in soccer, in the infrastructure, in the, in the players themselves, in the teams, just sort of the entire ecosystem. They want to figure out how do we get involved in soccer? Because we don't want to miss this tsunami if it comes uh, during the World Cup. And that's going to start now. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a believer in, in soccer. And, the next, and I know we've heard for many, many years, you know, soccer is the next big thing. But you can't deny what MLS has been built into. You can't deny what the franchises are going for. You can question the fundamentals and the underpinnings of those valuations. Absolutely. Sure. But the fact remains that the, 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 a lot of smart capital is pursuing. So that's where we are. And I think that's only going to grow as we get closer to this World Cup. So I'm a yes. And the one thing I, I'm, a, I'm really fascinated, and I know it's been a while, so I don't know if this is not new, but I'm still waiting to see, and based on our, our uh, conversation, of course, last week with our friends at, at, at Two Circles, um, just data, data in general whether it's biometric and embedding, uh, how, how corporations and, and teams and owners are utilizing fan data to better sell, to better price. Uh, I'm, I'm really, really interested now in how data is being utilized, who's doing it well, how they're differentiating themselves. And I always look to our friends uh, at Kraft Analytics and, and, and kind of the Kraft Sports Group because they have applied like the, the business analytics behind the card the cardboard company to pro sports, and they were sort of there early. Um, but others are now understanding that you know you can, it's not a mom and pop organization anymore. You can act like one. Do I go to my my Simpsons reference? 
right? Mom and Pop Hardware, a, a division of what was it? Global Dominance Inc. Global Dominance Inc. Go, yeah. Global Do- so uh, yeah, they're Global Dominance Inc. Now. now you you can you can put it out there as Mom and Pop Hardware. That's fine. But these these franchises, these leagues, this is Global Dominance Inc. And they behave like it. So everybody understands, particularly as we're seeing turnover to newer owners, um, especially the private equity world or the finance world. Uh, ROI matters. So we're going to see more and more of it. So, all right, Novi Williams, you want to you take us out for episode uno of the new year? Oh, yeah, absolutely. This is... Wow. Oh, there that it is. It's terrible. This all is- right, he is. <laughs> come on, he is. You want me to do it? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. All right, he is Novi no- Williams on the Twitter, Novi underscore Williams. I am Scott Soshnick on the Twitter at Soshnick. Our producer is Matt Whitehurst, the aforementioned Matt Whitehurst. Thank you, Matt, for all you do. Digital media editor is Cora Veltman. She loves it when I remind you that the show can be found at Sportacast, which is the hub of what will soon be expanding into a bigger Sportico media network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.